Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 242. Albert, what did the dad say after dropping his son off at Yellowstone National Park? Um, ever glad to see you again? No, bison. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's better than what I had, that's for sure. Hello, everybody. Uh, hello, and welcome back. And uh, yes, today we're, we're talking about the national parks. That's right. We Very are talking exciting. about parks. I felt it appropriate to have a nice introduction about parks. Mm-hmm. A very thematic joke there. Very, very thematic. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, let let's talk about parks. This is a it's a it's a relatively light game about hiking in the national parks and collecting parks. Mm-hmm. Which is something yeah. people actually kind of do because people go and take their the national parks passports and go to different parks and get them stamped with the uh, the park stamp. Yeah, I mean, this is very memorable of essentially the idea of hiking. There's a lot of elements in terms of the trays, in terms of the style, the design of things that is very reminiscent of going hiking on national parks. Mm-hmm. I, I exactly. like all of that about it. <laughs> Well, well, we're already getting into theme before episode. we get into overview. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm more referring to theme at this point in time. In terms okay, of yeah. theming, they have the theming very well on by yeah. drawing out all of the parks, by having the vibrant images of it, the, the cards, the art that depicts the cards, um, that depicts the parks, rather, are huge, way larger than they needed to be when only maybe a tenth of them are mechanical. But they wanted to display these beautiful pictures of parks. And all of it is gentle and relaxing and reminiscent of hiking. It's got pieces that say, uh, leave no trace. And all of it just comes together to bring in the idea of a gentle hike. And the gameplay elements, the way you play the game, brings along the idea of a gentle hike. You're hiking along the trail. It's lovely. Mm-hmm. That's that's right. Yeah, it 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 feels like it very much. So, a little bit competitive, which is weird when you're hiking, but that's okay. <laughs> the, I, I want to mention though the the theme of the game and all the art. That's really fantastic art. We cannot say enough about this art. It's so pretty. It is not original for the game. There is a a website called 59 parks that their goal was to make art reminiscent of the old travel posters from, I guess the forties and thirties of national parks. And so they've commissioned different artists to do these for all the parks and that art that they have made, you could get from them as posters and, and other things. And they'll commission it to other people to use it, such as this game to use all their art for the game. And you could also get notebooks they have the the same cover art from uh, Field Notes. And, you know, like I recognized as soon as I saw the game, I said, oh, I already recognize these pictures because they're in my notebooks. This is great. So you could get all different stuff. I bought some postcards recently that has the same art. I like it because it's really nice because I could now put a postcard in, in my desk here and have a nice little piece of artwork. So nice. this is, it's 59 parks. I'll include the link. Unfortunately, the website is down until March 8th for some reason. I say come back March. Um but once you come back, you'll be able to see the art there, um, order stuff if you want to buy a poster or print or whatever. 
and find about more things that exist for this. So that is, like, I get the feeling these people saw this really nice art and said, oh, man, this is really nice. Let's make Should a make game, a game around, around it. About it. <laughs> I that have no idea if that's what happened or not. That but... is what designers do. <laughs> like, whenever you're, you're in on something, anything can spark that. That's right, yeah. You know, I hear and, the same thing from writers. I hear the same thing from artists. Like, you see something like, that's wonderful. I should write a book. <laughs> like, it just it always <laughs> does it. So to think that a designer did the same thing wouldn't shock me at all. It, yeah, it, w- it would not be surprising. But if that is what they did, th- they did a really good job of coming up with, with a solid game to go with that artwork. Because just as easily, I could see them having come up with a really solid game mechanic and then say, now we need art to go with. Oh, look, how about this? Who knows? We're just speculating, right? The yeah. point being, the art is great. Um, and it is 59parks.com or .net? .net. 59parks.net. Number five, number nine. Um, and like I said, I'll include the link. So that is, I mean, so that's the theme, right? And and it's all, as Judah saying, it's all well put together. Um, should we jump back into, normally we do rules, then theme, then components. Should we jump uh, back into the rules? I don't restrict myself to such things. I, theme is the biggest draw of the game. It just comes up and smacks you on the face. I felt like we had to jump into it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that is true, right? Because right from the very beginning, the, the box art is really nice and everything. It just grabs your eye. So the second thing that grabs your attention in that case is the components. Because um, this game has some really great components to go along with the theme. As soon as you open the box, you get these amazing looking counter trays. With They come with plastic lids and they're sort of shaped, this funky shape. And at first you don't realize what it is. But after a little while, it hits you. Oh, wait a minute. This is sort of shaped like a log, a piece of log that you might see in the woods while you're hiking along, um, just lying on the ground. And it's, the, the lid sort of has that shape and texture and everything. And you open the tray and it's got components for all the, the different types of bits and everything. Really, really nicely designed, really nicely laid out. There's spaces in the trays for everything, the boards, the tokens, a first player marker, so on and so forth. There's a spot for everything. It just fits so well. It, it's kind of nice to put the game away. It's kind of fun. It is a game trays tray, just to be mm-hmm. clear. Like we, when we, we talk about you know high-quality trays, this is a name that gets passed around, and it's well-deserved for this kind of design. Yep, and that's game trays with a Z. That's the brand name of the the tray designer so yeah so components so what do you get you get the cards that julie's already mentioned really large cards with the pictures of all the parks tarot size cards to be specific is okay it tells you the the name of the park and where it's at has a really nice picture that is pretty representative of that park whichever park it happens to be and then on the bottom there's some symbols that use for the gameplay um that represent counters you have to collect to be able to to complete the travels of the park. Yes. To collect it. To collect your park. <laughs> um, so you're going to get those really nice cards. You're going to have a board that you're going to set up all the different cards on, just laid out um, to draw from and whatnot. You're going to get a few small decks that have different types. Of, there's a gear deck that, that gives you... Um, Things you could buy with resources. Special powers. To get different special powers, yes, and benefits. There's um, gear cards. There's canteens. The canteens you could spend water on to to get something else for that water. Um, and, and these are all resources. When you get something or, or get benefits, we're generally talking about resources. This is a resource management game. 
Um, what else did you get? The canteens, you get the years, which the individual end of the game goes to get more victory points. There's season cards that will change. You're going to play four seasons throughout the game. Each season is going to be a little bit different because of these season cards that you play that will have some small effect in the game, such as, oh, maybe this year things cost one less sun token than normal. Or maybe this year add an extra water to every other space or, or whatever. Um, so each year plays a little bit different. You're going to have tiles that represent the trail. Um, you can, at the start of the first game, you're going to think lay out six tiles, five or six. And then you're going to play four seasons. Each season, you're going to add another tile. You're going to shuffle up the tiles you play with and lay them out again so the order's different. And the tiles are the spaces that you're hiking along through the trail, collecting your resources. Speaking of resources, I mentioned the tray already, right? The, there's mm -hmm. different types of resources in that tray. There's sun tokens. There's water tokens. What else is there, Julius? There's mountains. There's mountain tokens. There's forest tokens. There's the wild tokens. And then there's mm -hmm. the pictures. Yes, and the little photographs, little square pictures. And and the, the wild tokens are cool because they're all shaped like animals that you might wild see life. hiking in a They're yeah, wild. wild. They're they wild. The they're wild. wild tokens, literally. <laughs> and they're each different. I don't know. There's like 10 or 12 of them. I'm not sure exactly. 12. They have 10 or 12 different shapes, which is super cool. Again, just to show you how, how over the top nice these components are. Or not show you, tell you about because you can't see it. We're not showing you these stuff. and I'm not showing Julius the game right now. You can't see it. Um, anyway... So the fact that I have a copy in front of me, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's all copy. Um, so what else is there? We mentioned cards, a variety of cards, and I don't think I mentioned Campfires. all of them, but that's probably okay. There's the campfire token. Everybody's going to have one in there's their a, color. There's a camera. A camera and some meeples. Well, I want to mention the two, the solid metal piece. There's a metal mm -hmm. triangle, um, which is the first hiker marker and is enamel on metal. And it's heavy, it's chunky, and it's it's pretty. Yeah, think challenge coin, for example. Yep. Um, it's also like if you go to the park, some parks will have little metal badges that you could buy to stick on your hiking stick. Kind of like that maybe, but bigger. Kind of not like that. But yeah, it's just a big chunk of metal that you get to pass around to whoever's the first player. It's It, it feels Neat like a tchotchke that you would buy at you know, mm -hmm. the... the I have. You have shit like that. <laughs> I have for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same. So, I mean, I don't know if I've co we've covered every single component. There's a bunch. They all look really nice. Anything that isn't wooden is going to have art on it from the 59 Parks stuff. I think everything maybe but the board. Like all the cards do. Yeah, everything has art. Just, just art throughout the game. It's all pretty art. The box has art on the outside lid and the inside lid. I mean, just any any surface that could find to put art on it, they did pretty much. You know, when you got art like this. You, yeah, use it. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's the components. We could keep gushing about them, but how about we talk about the rules? Julius? The, I guess the rules are the rules. The rules go through, and I appreciate the way they do things, that they take an opportunity to give you the basic ideas on all the things that there are and then explain to you how it is that you go 
down through them, I suppose. The general idea is that you're going to start at one end of the trail, which is made up of those trail site tokens, and you always move forward. You have a choice of which of your two hikers you want to grab, but you always are moving forward. So which actions you'll meet first, which ones you won't, um, those things can change and will change based on the game. So the game first introduces to you the idea in general of what all the actions and what all the icons are, and then it starts telling you about how you can actually get some of those things. So to agree, some of that means that you may have to go backwards and forwards about where some of these things are. For example, one of them was the camera. Uh, the, the camera gives you a special bonus that when you take a photo, you normally spend two tokens of your choice. If you don't have the camera, it costs two and then you get the camera. If you do have the camera, it's only worth one and you keep the camera. The iconization for those things being tied into things is a little bit confusing because the icon seems to suggest that it's two to get the picture and the camera that like the icon mm-hmm. for all those things is just a little smooshed. And then you sort of have to read like two sections <laughs> sort of go back and forth to be able to explain how that interaction happens. But, you know, this is a game where the order that you do things sort of can get all smooshed together. There's the order of how everything can come out is, is the way it is. So I think that the game does a very good job of explaining all those things. I did not get confused understanding it all. And I think it was able to go through and understand all the rules um, really from start to finish, including for the solo mode, which we'll get back to separately. Mm -hmm. Yep. That that sounds about fair. What you said. Um, I did not find the rules hard to understand. The first time I played the game, I found it a bit, the, the rules explained what you're doing, but I kind of didn't understand why I was doing things so much. And so I felt a little, a little bit lost about what I should be doing. It's not too bad. I mean, it was a little bit there, but it's not too bad because there's not a whole lot to this game anyway. So so you will pick it up pretty quickly. But that, that was something I did notice specifically. As a matter of fact, the first time I played it, I, I was a little bit confused from the first playthrough, and I don't think I did a whole game. I think I probably did a season or two. And then I put the game away for a while because I just didn't want to play it again because I didn't want to deal with that. And, you know, it was like five or six months before I played it again. But when, once I worked my way through the actually <laughs> pretty simple rule book, it was not bad. It's actually kind of embarrassing that I struggle with this rule book when I think back on it. Yeah, so I think that's enough for the rules. I don't think there's anything else to say there. Sure, let's move on. Gameplay then. So, so the basic mechanic, the basic thing about this game, it is your resource, you're doing resource management to collect sets of cards, basically, or to collect cards. Um, I, we already mentioned there's a few different types of resources. You need to gather them so you could, at the end of the season, when you stop at the visitor center, I guess, at the, at the end of the trail, pick up some of the cards that are available for that year or for that season. Some of the, I'm sorry. I'm not being clear. Let me back up and start over. <laughs> so 
When when you're gonna play the game, you're gonna set up everything out. You're gonna set up the board, and there's gonna be three of the park cards available to purchase. Um, generally speaking, you're gonna buy them at the end when your hiker goes through the whole trail, and then you're gonna purchase them with resources. I already mentioned this is a resource management game, so what you're gonna be doing when you set up the trail, you and I've said this earlier, you, you everybody's starting at the trailhead, and there's about five spaces that you could stop at throughout the throughout that season. Oh, and as Judah said, you're only moving forward. So you could pick one of your hikers and move forward as many spaces as you want and stop on one. But you can never, once you go forward, you can never backtrack and go to a previous space. Um, each space is going to give you different, generally speaking, the spaces are giving you resources. Sometimes they do have things like the camera. One of them will let you get the camera instead. But generally speaking, you're collecting resources by visiting the spaces. And and trying to get the right combination of resources so that when you reach the end of the trail, you could collect one of the park cards by spending those matching resources. That's that's basically how the game works in a very vague nutshell. Is there anything you want to add to that, Julius? I know no, there's more to I think that you've about covered the general idea of it. Okay. Um, I just want to make sure about the campfires. Did you mention mm -hmm. those? I did not mention anything about that. So, so you have two hikers, and there's other hikers, right? One of the things I didn't mention is you cannot stop at a space that has another hiker already. If if you're moving forward and there's a hiker in front of you, you have to skip his space and keep going into the next available space. Unless you have a campfire token. And everybody starts with a campfire token. All you do is you flip over your campfire token and use it up, and that lets you stop at a space that's already occupied by either your hiker or someone else's hiker. Um, this kind of game and it reminds me of... Um, what was it, Takenoko, where where you're only moving forward and you can visit any space that nobody's been at is kind is of mean. exactly what this is from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, is, it, it is fun, but it, it can be a mean mechanic because you Aww. end up going somewhere that you know somebody else wants to go to, but you don't want them to go there. You need to get there first. So you, you end up blocking them, and that tends to be pretty mean. My kids did not like Takenoko because, <laughs> because of that meanness that, that kept cropping up in there. This fixes it with that with that uh, fire token. Exactly. Because you could always once visit a location by spending your fire. And it's and not hard to refresh that, the fire also. All you have to do right. is have one of your people get all the way to the end. Once you reach the end of the trail, if your fire is exhausted, you get to refresh it. So you could do it again with your second hiker because remember, you got two hikers. So so it does a lot about that meanness, which I really like. And it also it's not just fixing the meanness, but it also adds more strategy sometimes because, because now there's more spaces to choose from to visit. It's also shorter than Takenoko and there's a lot less overlap. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Um, and I don't think yeah. I, I never really had an issue and I just want to respond to your idea about it being mean. I never really had an issue with Takenoko being mean because I didn't particularly feel that someone in Takenoko was often just it, hate drafting for lack of a better term, just going to a place just to block you. Usually I think that they're going there because there's a limited number of spaces. All the spaces are good and they want to maximize their opportunity to get stuff from spaces. And I feel like the same thing is true here. There's a limited number of spaces. All the spaces are good. And some of the things are good for everyone. Most rounds, there's going to be extra tokens laying around. People are going to rush those things. People are going to want to get the you know the high value parks and they need specific resources. 
and there's a lot of bumping heads, but it doesn't feel hateful. It doesn't feel antagonistic. It feels like all of us have a limited amount of stuff and all of us want to get it. Mm-hmm. You must have put, be playing with the wrong crowd then. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> or, or maybe you're playing with the right crowd. <laughs> I think my kids would take it personally is what, what happened. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, it's there's not a lot of different things you could do. There's only three part cards to go for. So everybody's sort of vying for the same stuff anyway, no matter what's out. If there's three parks available and they all only want sun and forest, Nobody's that interested in visiting the mountains or, or the water well, spaces, right? Usually because of the goals, you're actually trying to get different things. So often if it's uh, knock okay. out a mountain, you'll sit in like slow roll and hope somebody else takes one of the other ones and one with mountains comes out. That's true. Okay. So there are options. That is true. Okay. That, that's fair. The Yeah. And the goals do help with that too. That's one thing about this game. There's a lot of variability um, from game to game because there's so many parks there's the the trail is different every time you're gonna you're gonna shuffle it up and the, the spaces are at the beginning might be at the end each time the season card you can draw a season card at the beginning of each round and that's going to change a little bit how that season plays because some th- certain things may be cheaper or, or more expensive or, what, or better or whatever not more expensive and not only that, but the seasons, when you flip them over, it has a, a, some combination of water and sun symbols on them. You're going to add water and sun tokens based on that to the trail. So there's always a little bit of extra sun and water. Those resources tend to be more common. Uh, so so each round is just going to feel different because of all these things. The order stuff shows up in, what parks are available, who has what gear, because somebody may have gear that gives them water, or not water, but sun, and somebody may have gear that gives them forest and whatnot you have different year cards just just tons of variability i i think that a lot of variability i'm not sure that all those things add a lot of variability because in the end it's still going through and getting resources and doing similar type things i think what adds a lot of variability to me is the year cards because those are what your personal goals are so they'll give you different things to chase after Often those things will tie into how it is that you want to approach things. Like if it's wanting to go for a bunch of trees or especially like changing from having to do trees to get a wide variety of things or going for having the most suns, things like that. Those can change how you approach the board, how you want to lock down it, which gears are good at different times. So those really give a lot of push for different variability for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the only way you really get points in this game are from those park cards that pictures. you're collecting and the pictures too, but not as much. The pictures tend not to, my experience is I, I never get many points from pictures. The bulk of the points comes from the parks. Uh... You're better at this game than I am. Remind <laughs> me not to play against you. <laughs> I mean, I've definitely had games, especially like there's one of the years is like score 10 points from pictures. Uh, so... Okay. I so mean, if that yeah, so if you have the right cards, then it makes sense to change your strategy. Basically. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been times when it's been like, I'm just going to continue to get this over and over again. Or for instance, if you have the gear that lets you take pictures, of like all the sites, mm-hmm. um, like some of the gear will let you take extra pictures. Normally, there's only one site that lets you take pictures, but some other ones say whenever you go to this spot, take a picture. Whenever you go to this spot, take a picture. Or there's canteens that can make it easier to take pictures. So 
I have played before where the majority of my points came from pictures. So, oh, okay. I have, yeah. I have not played enough for that then because I haven't come across those gear cards, for example. I mean, I have, no, I have come across the gear, not the canteens. So, so it sounds then like the, the year cards add a lot of strategy to the game and it's yes. going to affect your strategy, but then the actual layout from round to round and what gear shows up and that sort of thing is going to change your, your tactics. Yes. So it's a pretty involved game. And it, at the same time, it's not complicated or heavy feeling at all. It's, it feels light. Feels like a nice gentle walk down to the park path. Mm-hmm. Park That's track. Right. It, it's a neat little game. It just... I definitely have to agree. I think, though, that we need to move on to how the solo mode plays, though, Albert. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're playing through the solo mode, it plays a little bit differently in that instead of traveling around with another player, uh, instead there are some rangers that are traveling down the path with you. Uh, Essentially, the rangers are like an AI part of the game. And in order to determine how they move, you're going to, normally you would have the gear and it just hangs out. For this one, you'll shuffle up all the gear cards and flip them over. And how much sun shows in the gear cost for the card that flips will determine how far they go down. And you'll have to figure out which of the two rangers goes. And essentially it's based on if you're ahead or behind of them. If you're ahead, their guy will rush to catch up. If you're behind, then they'll slow roll it, essentially. So you'll go through and you'll do that. If they will ignore all of the actions on the site, they don't do anything with those, but they will pick up tokens, bonus tokens from weather that are on tiles and use those to power events. And then the events will essentially just mess with your board and do all sorts of random stuff. Uh, They'll rush down, they'll block you off, they'll essentially make it hard for you to grab everything you would potentially want to. And then at the end of it, they'll get down and they could steal some of uh, some, some more of the parks. They'll steal parks. Hmm. They'll mess with which parks are available for you to get. They'll reshuffle the gear decks, things like that. They'll take the camera from you. Oh, they'll take the camera from you. Yep. They, they really mess with you just like an opponent would. They, they do a decent job. Of and now then for all of this, you don't have to score them. They're not developing an independent score or anything else. Uh, this is essentially a beat your own score. So at the end of it, you'll score up whatever your score is uh, and rate it on a scale that the rule book prints and see how well you did. Mm-hmm. Yep, pretty, pretty straightforward. It's a simple simple way to play. I like the, the way they use the gear deck for the Rangers. I thought that was pretty creative. And, and the way they, they decide whether that affects the losing the star player marker, losing the camera, or discarding a park. Mm-hmm. Um, what I didn't like is that I felt there was a little bit more shuffling than I really wanted to do. Every time the Rangers reach the end, you're, you're shuffling. Well, just the level two. Uh, it's every time. Every and... time they show the three star one. Yes. At the end, you'll shuffle you all shuffle, the three stars back. Yeah. Which what what and what that ends up doing to the game is over time they go faster. Th- yes, they're moving faster because there's more threes and less of other stuff. Yeah. Um, so it, it's an interesting thing. I didn't. I don't like the reshuffling because I did find that for me it ended up getting the threes clump because the cards are little. 
so they're a little harder to shuffle. I didn't shuffle them too well. Mm-hmm. They're smaller that, cards. Yeah. They're, I don't know what size it's called, but it's like the normal small size card. Smaller than three by five. I have no idea what you call them. <laughs> yeah. They're small. Small. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's how the solo game works. It's pretty easy to do. Very, very simple. Plays very quick. The Ranger, because you don't have to do any thinking for them, the Rangers action go quick. What I also I, like is the events are added to the solo game, right? The, the deck of event cards is solo specific. And I like how that works too, because you start watching for that and you have to think about what you're going to do. Um, for example, there's one that says, you know, if this, if the event track fills with water, discard all your wild tokens. Well, if I yeah. had a few wild tokens and I think that one's likely to get filled soon, I'm going to want to spend them faster and they may yeah. rush me to the end or, or do something else. I do appreciate the events. I like that they add extra things for you to think about because otherwise it's really very random. So it's something to watch when something to think about that adds more determination to what you're doing. You did mention, though, that when you play the Rangers, you don't have to think about them. Having played them a bunch, just a little bit I'll disagree because for me, I'm always having to stop and think, which ranger am I moving? Am I moving the one in back or the one in front? And mm. I mentioned the general rule. The general rule is that if you're ahead, they race to catch up. If they're behind, then they'll slow roll. But because they have two and you have two, so I'm often having to check that again and see how it is. I really wished there was just like a picture or a quick reference, or I don't know what would have helped me stop forgetting that multiple times and messing it up. I don't know what it was. Yeah, for some I, reason, I agree. I agree. It isn't obvious why, why it works that way. Maybe there's a good reason for mechanically, but thematically it isn't obvious. And so it's easy to forget how how you're supposed to do it that's what i find and I so mean, like yeah i am referring to the rule book every time i pull it out again i have to refer to the rule book to, to i mean mechanically that. i know why they're doing it because mm-hmm. they're trying not they're, they're trying to mess with you they don't want to get too far ahead they don't want to get too far behind they want to be right there with you so because that's the optimal way to mess with you is just to be there in your grill and that's how they do that so it makes sense mechanically but it doesn't it it doesn't make so much sense mechanically that I remember it without having to look. <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and to be clear, when yeah, when I said the that you don't have to think about them, you're not thinking about how you move them, other than you know remembering to get the rule correctly. You don't have to like make any complicated choices, but you are thinking about them when you're going because what they're doing and where they're at does affect again the tactics of the game and what you want to do. You may want to go and stop and collect some extra tokens but if they're close to the end then well maybe i need to rush because if if both your guys are still hiking and the rangers both finish then suddenly the you rush to the end and you only get to do one end of round action not both so so stuff like that you have to keep that in mind you keep them in mind for your turns which is the same exact thing that will happen in multiplayer games so again i find it really feels like a multiplayer game even though it is relatively random what they're doing. 
Yeah, I agree. It feels like the multiplayer game because mostly with the multiplayer game, I don't feel like there's a lot of intentional hatred that happens. People no. are targeting you. So it feels, from my end, it feels random. And so here it remains random. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons I'm bad at multiplayer games is because I don't tend to watch too closely what other people are doing. So mm-hmm. it may as well be random. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and other people pay attention to my actions. So, you know, they know what I'm going to do. So they tend to play better than me. Mm-hmm. So, Albert, I think both of us have uh, pretty much talked through with this. Are there any there, actually, issues you had with it in general? Um, No, I mentioned the learning. Uh, it's a little bit difficult for me the first time through. And I don't know why, because it shouldn't have been. But that's it. I find the game easy to play, to set up. I enjoy putting it away because everything fits so well. The, the setup is relatively quick. Um, I like it. I think the only issue I had with it is just one small rule. There's a limit that you can only have 12 resources at the end of your (laughs) turn. If you have more than 12 resources, you have to discard down to 12. I very much like it when, if you open up something, there's something there that's going to remind you of this. But for this one, really, if you don't read the rules, I don't think you're going to remember that. No, you start thinking it's 10. That's what I've been doing. I've been playing with yeah. 10 all this time. <laughs> There's not a card with like 12 boxes on it. There's not mm-hmm. a backpack or there's, it's not printed on the board or on your campfire or anywhere. So you have to read the rules and note that now then it's very clearly in the rules. It's right there. You won't miss it. But the biggest mm-hmm. issues that I found is that there's not something to represent that present in front of you to help you remember that or track it. Mm-hmm. Now that you may not want to track it because some people want to arrange their things a specific way. I find that when you don't arrange it in rows of three by four, it's going to mean that you're probably not going to keep track of having 12, only 12. So yeah, I mean, give and take, I wish they just had some cards, one card for every player or something along those lines or a token or something or printed somewhere even. And that's not the only issue I have with the entire game is that one thing. I think the game is lovely. I think it is a pleasant hike to walk through. I think that it portrays exactly what it is that it's the feeling that it's trying to portray. And even for solo with my complaint about having to remember which way they go, it works. It works to maintain drama. It works to maintain tension throughout the game. And all of those are good things. It is a well-implemented solo mode with the exception of I may feel like I need to sleeve those cards because of the amount of time that I'm having to shuffle them. They won't fit in the box if I sleeve them, but I would if they did. Um, and you don't want to throw away those nice inserts, so you can't And I don't them. want to throw away the nice inserts, so I'm just stuck having to shuffle it over and over and over yep. again. But even so, I'll continue coming back to it because it is lovely. Mm-hmm. Very, very much. I agree. Hardly. It's also available online. I've played it on a BGA and I found it. I don't normally like playing games online, but I found that it worked really well and, and it was quite fun. It's not available solo on BGA, only multiplayer. And that's Board Game Arena. Have I wonder you... if someone has made a solo parks deck app. <laughs> someone needs to do that. Oh, 
Please, yeah. That'd be nice. Instead of having to use the deck for that. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's an expansion for this. Uh, do you have the expansion? I do not. It doesn't fit it? in the box, so I'm not going to get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, let me. I do have it. Then let me tell you a little bit about it. I won't go into great detail. It does have an insert, a nice insert to organize everything nicely. With this, it's called Nightfall, and what this is giving you is more park cards, um, some tents, a temp board, and it is changing how the year cards work. It's giving you a new deck of year cards. Currently, like we already mentioned, the year cards at the beginning of the game, you're going to draw two, you're going to pick one to keep, and that's your goal for the end of the game. This one, there's a deck that you could draw from as you're playing, so you could add more and more year cards to potentially get more and more points. Um... It adds these little tents that get placed on the trail. The If you stop at a location that has a tent, you could choose to take the normal space action, or you could take the tent and get a special tent action, which would be which would include either taking more year card, another year card, or there's a few other there's a set of tiles that you get, and you could pick one of the and they're drawn randomly each time. I think there's six or seven tiles, and you're gonna play with four each game. And they give you different actions. Like, for example, one of them might convert a water token to four forest, or maybe it was a, four, a forest of four water, or to five water. Um, so it's a neat way to, to get a lot of resources quickly. It, it's neat, and it gives you more ways to do things and more options, but I did find it that there's already... The game is short enough that you don't have a lot of time to take, make a lot of choices, so I found that I did not use these things that much. Um, and and I I get the feeling I'm not doing right because I'm not scoring very well with the expansion as I was with the just the base <laughs> game, but I think I might be happier with just the base game at least for now. Maybe at some point I'd want to add it back in. The other thing it does the parks are neat because the new parks will have when you buy it they tend to be a little cheaper, but they all and they also give you a bonus. Like for example, one park might say. You know, pay the cost of three or four resources and then gain two water for getting this park. Or or other ones to say, after you get this park, you could get another park. So if you've managed your resources correctly, you might be able to get two parks in a single action, which is nice. Uh, and they do other things. give you Maybe give you wild tokens or let you convert tokens and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting expansion. But like I said, I don't know that it's necessary. At least I didn't feel it was. <sighs> so. And I have no real opinion on the expansion. Yeah. Other than I would not want to listen to the original box. And the original box is stuffed full with an insert that I'm not going to give away. So, <laughs> But it's got more nice art. I mean, you don't want to get rid of the insert of the expansion box anyway. Because it looks nice. Yeah. There's my dog calling. All right. She's precious. <laughs> All right, Albert, have a good night. Enjoy the stars up above. Will do. Bye, everyone. Good night. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. 
The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at donpancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.